Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. So you separate and as you're doing that, you're deep breathing. Deep breathing has this huge psychological and physical effect on us. The Lord gave us a bone in our head called a sphenoid bone and it moves back and forth and massages your pituitary gland, which sends out the chemicals to relax, right? The hormones. That's what deep breathing does. It's super cool how it works. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. So I've got a question for you. Has the anger monster ever shown up at your house? I mean, do you find sometimes that frustration causes you to explode, but then you struggle with the the guilt that follows that? You know, if if so, I want you to know that you are not alone. And my hope is that today's episode will help you better understand what's happening in those moments and how you can learn to respond rather than react in the future. I remember getting a phone call. This was way back in the day before we had caller ID on our phones. So you didn't know who was calling you. And I got a phone call in the middle of the afternoon. And all I heard on the other end of the line was, I'm a terrible mother. (laughs) And I was like, who is this? I mean, I couldn't even figure out who it was because she just was, she was sobbing and she was upset. And um, I'm, you know, just hearing her pour her heart out. And then finally I hear uh, the names of my nephews and I go, oh, wait, this is my sister. <laughs> and so I said to her, oh, this is, this is the real stuff of motherhood, hun. I know, I know this is hard for you, but this is the real stuff of motherhood. And I said, in these moments, this is not when you give your kids a timeout. This is when you need a timeout. And she said, I know I did that. I'm in the garage talking to you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So yes, she had done the right thing. She had known she was at the end of herself and she had given herself a time out. You know, it's really important for us uh, to know that anger is a part of life. God has given us emotions and those emotions are, they are like a red flag, okay? Or they are something that's like, it raises its hand and says, pay attention to me. That is 
important and valuable. And so we need to understand that anger is God-given, but how we respond to anger is super important for us to take a look at. You know, in the book of Proverbs, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So this is really important for us is to ask ourselves in moments of frustration, in moments maybe of injustice where we've been treated poorly, how do we respond? Do we respond in a life-giving way or we do we respond in something that brings death to a relationship? And death seems like a really harsh word. Um, what we're talking there is something, think of the word death as damage. Okay. So is this going, is my response going to bring life to the relationship or is it going to damage the relationship? And what we want to learn how to do is we want to learn how to manage our anger in such a way. We want to learn how to respond in a way that addresses the issue if it needs to be addressed, that communicates the hurt, if that needs to happen, that in the case of parenting, that we lead our children well, but we do it in a life-giving way because our tongue literally has the power of life or death. And honestly, when it comes to anger, um, we can be destructive with our words. We can actually be destructive with our actions as well. Um, and this is what we do not want to happen in a parenting situation or a marriage situation. Um, so, you know, what we need to understand is there is a healthy anger response and there is a destructive anger response. And both of them probably start with the same thing. They start with a frustration or an injustice, something that sparks the anger inside of us. How we respond to it makes all the difference in the world. Um, one of the things that Mark and I find is in our marriage coaching and when we host marriage intensives, anger is often a part of those marriage relationships and it's destructive to the relationship. Um, it is really where defensiveness comes in and, and we find that um, often we use anger in marriage to control a situation. Um, honestly, in parenting, we do the same thing. We try to gain control. And a lot of times, you know, people will say, well, my kids don't pay attention to me until I scream at them. Well, you've trained them to not pay attention to you until you've screamed at them. You can train them to respond to you the first or the second time that you say something by choosing to, um, give some sort of a consequence, uh, choosing to maybe place yourself. Maybe you were giving an instruction from the other room and you move in and you actually uh, hold their little face in your hands and you look at them and you give them a direct instruction, but you actually change the position of your body. So you don't need to change to screaming, yelling, and getting angry. You can actually learn to do some different changes that will cause them to respond in some different ways. 
And so you've trained them to respond to anger. Don't, don't do that anymore. Um, you can train them to respond uh, to different ways that you then uh, engage them when they don't either, you know, listen to you the first time, uh, they don't do what you've asked. Um, I share a story in my No More Perfect Kids book um, about a child that was, um, this mom was in a mom's group and um, the, the uh, child did something that was very, very, very embarrassing to this mom. And she started to head off and her friend grabbed her arm and she said, I know that you need to address this with your son, but don't make your anger his consequence. And man, such a good reminder. Don't make your anger a consequence. Um, We can do better. So one of the things that I find is um, there are ways to manage anger, both proactively and reactively. And so first, I want you to know proactively, um, you know, when we are are really kind of running on um, empty emotionally, it's more likely that the anger monster is going to show up. So we need to be proactively taking care of ourselves. What are you doing to fill your own tank? And and what it takes to fill your tank may be different than what it takes to fill my tank. Um, so you need to find your fuel. What fills you up emotionally? When you do this, it's like you go, oh, I feel like I have some gas in my tank. I feel like I have um, the ability to manage life. And so uh, proactively, we need to do some self-care. So that's an important part of being on the front end of anger. We can also head anger off at the pass with um, margin in our time. Quite frankly, when that anger monster shows up, it's often when we don't have margin. I remember um, hearing Dr. Kevin Lehman tell uh, say when I was... um, when he spoke at a Hearts at Home conference, he said, hey, when our kids make a mistake, when our kids spill milk, they don't need a lecture. They need a rag. And I love that. I love that. They don't need a lecture. They need a rag. Here's what happens. When we don't have enough margin in our time, when we're in a hurry to get things done, when we're trying to get out the door and our child spills milk, they are more likely to get a lecture in those moments. So we need to build in extra time with kids, whatever you think it's going to take to feed your kids breakfast and get out the door or to, you know, have a meal and then get to the next thing. You need to increase that by about 10 minutes so that you actually have the margin for the mistakes that will happen, for the childish things that will happen. And when you have that margin, it's more easy to say, hey, That happens to all of us. Mistakes happen. Let me get a rag and we'll clean it up. And what a difference that makes because in that moment, yes, you were frustrated. I mean, you probably need to take a deep breath in that moment before you respond, but you have the margin. You have the space, the white space in your life to respond to it and you are less likely to explode to it. So we need to be, we need to have margin. We need to have self-care. And then the third thing that we need to have is we need to examine our expectations. 
we need to make sure that we are expecting, particularly in a, a parenting situation, we're expecting mistakes to be made. We're expecting our children to be children. I mean, that is, they are going to spill milk. They are going to run and fall down. They are going to um, make a mess. And if we will expect those things, we will be less likely to be uh, reacting to them and we can indeed respond to them. So sometimes it need, we just need a simple uh, change in our expectations, recognizing that this is the real stuff of life. Even in marriage, if we apply this to marriage, we need to expect that we will have different perspectives. We need to expect that we will, um, we will want to handle a situation in very different ways. Uh, we need to expect that on occasion, we will say or do something that will unintentionally hurt our spouse. And so, you know, those are the moments where defensiveness wants to creep in and we want to go, well, I didn't mean it that way. You're entirely too, too sensitive. And that doesn't help. The reality is somehow our words hurt. And whether that was the way that the other person heard it or not, we need to recognize it. We need to, we need to let them know, Hey, I am so sorry. I, I certainly didn't intend that, but I hear what you're saying. I'm very sorry for the pain that that caused you. Will you please forgive me? And I'll try to be more sensitive to that in the future. That is a much healthier way to respond instead of letting that anger come in and then we grow defensive and then we start throwing more out. And so we do need to be careful with our words. We do need to be sensitive. And you know what? There are things my husband could say to me that wouldn't even cause me to blink an eye. But if I said the same thing to him, it would cause him pain. So I need to know that. I can't just say, oh, you're entirely too sensitive. I need to go, no, that is painful for him. Maybe maybe it reminds him. Oftentimes for in our marriage, it's my tone. So if my tone is um, harsh or maybe more matter of fact, um, it can remind, it can take him back to his childhood when his stepfather was very um, mean in the way that he spoke to him. And so I have to be sensitive to that. Um, honestly, I didn't have anybody in my life that spoke to me in a harsh way. Um, my parents, my grandparents were very careful with their words. And so I don't have that experience. That isn't a trigger for me for somebody to say something to me strongly or in a matter of fact way. It's not a trigger for me, but it is for my husband. So I have to learn how to respond to that and not let, not see that as an accusation that I need to raise my anger up and defend against. So very important for us um, to have realistic expectations. So we need to learn how in those moments when anger does come up, okay, we've, if we've been proactive about it in our expectations, in our self-care, um, if we've been proactive about it in our margin, we now need to know what do we do in the moment, okay? In the moment where anger raises up inside of us, what do we do? 
Um, I created something several years ago that was helpful for me, and I now teach it, and I call it pause, ponder, and proceed. So we pause, um, meaning we step away from the situation, just like my sister did when she put herself in the garage. <laughs> she stepped away. She, you know, she was probably only in the garage a couple of minutes, and she stepped away just to make sure that she was not going to do something that she would regret later. So we pause. For me, I like to step outside. Just step outside. See the big blue sky. If it's cold, stepping outside is even better because it like wakes me up. And when you when you do that, it helps you to just kind of put things into perspective. You know, what's what was happening in the house when I look at it in the in the perspective of the big world. Okay. Jill, you know, take a deep breath here gather your emotions uh, and and your thoughts so that you can do the next step. And that is ponder. Ponder, will this matter in 10 years? If it will, then by all means, go back in and lead well. All right. If your child is challenging your authority, it will matter in 10 years because they may challenge a boss's authority or a teacher's authority. So yes, go back in, address that. But respond to it, not react to it. Or if you go, will this matter in 10 years? You kind of go, you know what? Sometimes you go, I'm the problem here. My expectations are too high. Um, My margin is too low. Uh, I'm tired. I haven't been taking care of myself. Then in that case, maybe you go in and and you just give yourself some grace um, and you, you go back inside with some different expectations. Um, because you recognize, wait a minute, I'm a little off. And so you let it go. So ponder, will it matter in 10 years? If so, fight for it, meaning go back in and lead well, address it. Or will this matter in 10 years? No, no, I will not. It will not. So then go back in and let it go. Um, And then proceed. Okay. That's how you're going to proceed. You're either going to go back in and you're going to lead well, or you're going to go back in and just simply let it go and maybe make an apology and clean it up. If you used words or uh, inappropriately responded to the situation. Uh, I was talking with uh, Natalie Hickson recently. Uh, Natalie is a, a certified life coach and her really her mission is to help discouraged Christian moms overcome destructive anger and burnout. And so I asked Natalie, so what do you do in those moments? Those moments where you are just at wit's end, what do you do? And let me just share with you a little clip of the conversation that she and I had, because it'll give you some very practical steps to take as well. I, I, encourage my moms when you're upset, go to the bathroom. What if my toddler follows me? Let them follow you. What if they're banging on the door? Let them bang on the door. You need to calm down before you hurt them. Right. Yeah. So I would go to the bathroom. I'd shut the door and I start deep breathing. And this is again, what I'm teaching. It, when you start to feel frustrated, you might ha- not have to go. Like if you're ang- if you're not one who's experiences destructive anger, you might not have to go to the bathroom. Maybe you just, or a room, whatever, separate yourself. You might need to just do some of these steps while you're standing there, but it's stop and separate. So that's why I say, go to the bathroom, stop and separate. 
Call That's a the timeout. S. Yes, the S. Okay. Okay. Um, if if any moms who are listening have been using timeout as a con- consequence, I'd like you to rephrase it and say it's time to calm down. It's just calm down time. Everybody needs to just separate, right? Yeah. And then so you separate, and as you're doing that, you're deep breathing. Deep breathing has this huge psychological and physical effect on us. The okay. Lord gave us a bone in our head called a sphenoid bone, and it moves back and forth and massages your pituitary gland, which sends out the chemicals to relax, right? The hormones. Okay. That's what deep breathing does. It's super cool how it works. So okay. you're breathing and then you're tuning in. Okay, I'm upset. I'm feeling angry right now. It's okay that I'm angry. You want to validate yourself. It's okay that you have that feeling. You can't not have that feeling. So you're validating it's okay that I'm angry. How do I want to work through this? You know, or anybody'd be upset right now. It's frustrating when your toddlers are whining at you and you're not, they're not listening, right? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> it's frustrating when your teenager's talking back at you. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, you're just validating and then you're praying, Lord, I'm upset. I'm angry. There might be times you don't want to calm down, right? I don't want to calm down. I feel super justified in this. It's it's not okay how they were treating me. They shouldn't be talking back to me. But you're saying all the things and you're just kind of venting. You're letting it out and you're doing it in a space with the Lord, right? You're not doing yes. it at your kids, at your husband or whoever. You're in a place where you're safe and the Lord knows your heart. It's like, well, I can't say that stuff out loud. What, you're not thinking it? It's already happening in you. Just let it out. <laughs> just yes. That's how you're feeling. Okay. And then if you really feel like you need to at the end, say, Lord, please forgive me for what I just said. You know, that's absolutely. He'll cover you there. But let's say it in a place that it's not going to hurt anybody. We're just letting and releasing out. You know, in the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, 1218 says there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And we don't want sword thrusts because sword thrusts are the responses that bring damage to the relationship. We want our tongue to be wise so that we can bring life to the relationship, even in hard moments. I uh, did a study not too long ago about the power of our words, and I assembled onto a single sheet um, the impact of our words um, and what God has to say about the impact of our words. And um, I, I put it over on my blog, so it's an easy download for you if you would like to um, really get serious about changing your approach to anger, but from the inside out. So what we've talked about up to this point is we've kind of talked about uh, changing the way we respond to anger from the outside in. And that's important. We need some tools to handle our emotions in hard moments. And so whether you use pause, ponder, or proceed, or you use the steps that Natalie talked about, um, we those are important, but it's going to be even more important that we change the way we respond to anger based upon God's word. And we start that with the from the inside out. 
So if you'd like to um, just have a simple sheet that has some scriptures about what God has to say about the power of our words, um, just go over to jillsavage.org slash words, jillsavage.org slash words, and you can get my download, um, The Power of Our Words, so that you can place that on your refrigerator. You can make several copies of it, put it in your bathroom mirror, uh, put it in your Bible, anywhere that you can see it. And then I want to encourage you to read through those on a regular basis. And they're so they're so practical. Here's another one um, from Proverbs. A soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh a harsh word stirs up anger. See, we need that kind of wisdom. We need God's truth inside of us. So it is motivating us to learn how to respond rather than react in those hard moments of life. If you really feel like you need some help with this, I will make sure that I include a link uh, to Natalie's, Natalie Hickson's website. Um, it'll be in the show notes. And um, if you know that you could use some coaching on that, you could use some help uh, to overcome destructive anger and to manage any burnout um, that you're experiencing as a mom, uh, make sure you check out Natalie's information. And I bring you uh, to a close today with um, this word from also from Proverbs. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Let's make sure that the words we use in the relationships that mean the most to us are words of life and that we learn how to respond to frustrations in a positive, healing, life-giving way. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free eBooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jiltsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.